welcome to the experience. <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah, it is, it is, and I guess we have a month of love. And um, what I'm I'm really excited about month of love is Black History Month. Yes. That's right. You know, if we black all the time, but you know, we just get to celebrate us extra. So why? Yeah, exactly. So why not start out the month um, with new ventures? So welcome again. So we have stories to tell, and I believe that we, being women of a certain age, have this experience. Uh, we've had revelations. We've had, um, you know, ups and downs, trials and triumphs. And it's so important that we share our stories to others so that they can glean from that. And, you know, I used to I used to listen to my mom all the time when she say, girl, just keep living, just keep living. And I just feel like we've come to a place where our living speaks for us Mm -hmm. and our experience speak for the ladies, the women that we've become so far. And we just, we have so much more to go, but in the journey and while we're in this journey, we tell our stories because it's a legacy that has to be held. Um, So with that, you know, how are you ladies feeling about the month of love? Hmm. Ashonda? Oh, okay. Um, Well, I'm excited. I'm very excited to be out of January. And uh, that was (laughs) a tough one. Um, Yeah, man. But I'm excited because we're approaching the spring, so we won't have the cold weather. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to um, celebrate Black history and also the month of love. Um, so I'm excited mm-hmm. for a new day and new sunshine, even though it's cloudy today. And I'm excited for this venture and actually being this space to share our stories so that we can pass down this legacy to others. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Donna? Oh, I'm, I'm, Donna. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited mostly about the, the podcast and definitely coming together with, together with you ladies to just share our journey and experience. I think what I'm most Mm -hmm. excited about in terms of the month of February is that I have a break next week. And so (laughs) anytime that I get a chance to break. All the way way out in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Abu Dhabi. Where are you going? Well, as of right now, I'm probably going to Oman. So I do have a break, which is nice. So I get to travel. So anytime I get a a chance to travel, it's always a good time for me. But I'm excited about February, but the climate of things that are happening as of lately with the world, um, it -hmm. makes you happy, but then it also, you know, it has you kind of in a nostalgic kind of a state because you want to be happy and, and focus Mm -hmm. on the future. But then there are things that are also happening right now that, you know, that affect us every day. So, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's a reminder for us to continue staying in a loving way. You know, um, I, I, I really feel like, you know, I always quote the Bible because that's just where I, that's my foundation. And one of the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, it mentions love is patient and love is kind. You know, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. And I guess the older I become, um, I'm, I stand on 
those particular words about love because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, love covers a multitude of sins and wrongs that we've done to ourselves and to others. And I think because love is, is such an, is an action word, you know, when we act on love, it, 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 it kind of brings together oneness. It brings together a community and all the feelings that we have, mm-hmm. you know, is enraptured in the action of love, you know, and having loving relationships. So, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about for February is it being a love month that we get to extend ourselves even more. You know, we love on one another, our spouses, our children. We love on one another anyway, but we get to even show forth the meaning and, uh, we, you know, we get to show that even more so mm-hmm. and emphasize that. So, um, you know, we are talking a little bit about our firsts and, and in this episode being our first episode and the first of the month, um, lovely firsts yes. and <laughs> our first. And we, we said that, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about our first experiences, whether it be first love, first kiss, first date, first, first. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. So, all right. I, I, my, my was my first, when I think about first, I think about first boyfriends, right? And mm. also I think about my first kiss with my first boyfriend. And I had, I had to take some time to think about it because I almost forgot. I, I really <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot. You know, remember we was talking about that song Betty Wright when she was like, you know, take your time. You know, I don't want you guys to get to the end of my song. Like, oh yeah, now I remember. That's right, I remember <laughs> now. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, I almost forgot, but then I do, I do remember, and I remember I might have been about twelve or thirteen. I was probably younger than that. I probably was like eleven or twelve when I probably shouldn't have been kissing no boy. But mm. it was a friend of mine. It was her brother. And I remember mm-hmm. what I remember about it was I liked him because he was really cute. I remember him being cute in my mind. I thought it was cute. Right. And right. he was chocolate. Oh, he, he was fine. Now that I think about it. And, <laughs> um, but what I do remember is where he at now? He at? <laughs> yeah, right. I Googled him. I know, right? Him. I wasn't really ready to be kissing. It's like I I liked him, but I wasn't ready for the kissing mm-hmm. part. And I only did mm-hmm. it because I felt pressure because everybody else was kissing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody else was either kissing or playing the spin the bottle game or getting groped in the closet somewhere or you know humping <laughs> you know back in the days they was humping yes, dry, dry yes. Humping, you know dry humping. Humping. and um and it's I remember so, I wasn't so really ready but I did mm-hmm. it anyway and so I kissed mm-hmm. him in like I don't know we, I think it was in like the attic somewhere it was real ridiculous in New Jersey Maybe that's why I right. don't care about Jersey too maybe much. that's why you don't that's like New Jersey, Jersey. <laughs> that's why I so, so <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the oh, feeling, Jesus. the pressure, and not being ready. And I think that always stuck with me because I feel like that's something that we should share with young girls. That if you're not ready, it's okay. You don't succumb mm-hmm. to pressure. You know what I mean? And I think that's right. that's what I would tell my younger self. It's okay if you're not mm-hmm. ready. You don't have to succumb mm-hmm. to the pressure of feeling like you're the only one. Because later on, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many things that you would want to accomplish and you're not going to be the only one, you know, 
Um, right, so right. that's something I would right. probably tell my youngest self. Don't worry about the pressure. Don't let anybody make you feel like you have to do something that you really don't want to yeah. do. Yeah. So I don't remember it being a horrible experience, but I do remember that feeling of, I don't really want to do this. I'm not really ready for it, but everybody wow. else is doing it. And let me just try, you know, because everybody else is doing mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. that was wow. Was it? <laughs> Wait, and, it's, and it's funny because you probably were so nervous. Oh, I was in. Oh, that. yeah. I probably was like shaking in my bones uh, <laughs> and my boots rather. But I did it anyway. And I remember afterwards, and you know, I only think I kissed the boy one time. I, I don't think I ever kissed him again, which is strange because I really, really? liked him. Yeah, I really liked him. And it was like a workup because I liked him so much. You know, you would like somebody from afar, right? But then mm-hmm. when, when it was actually happening, I felt because I wasn't ready for it, it just, I don't know, it kind of scared me. And I, and I never, mm-hmm. I never kissed him again. I don't think I were, kissed were him again. Were, huh? Were your friends like saying, oh, you got to kiss XYZ because he's the cutie of the class? Like, no, they, remember I remember in the school, pressure because when you in mm-hmm. school, I remember the pressure, but this was more so like around my neighborhood, so it was more like neighborhood pressure, mm-hmm. you know, neighborhood, yeah, pressure. neighborhood pressure. In school, I felt some pressure, but you could kind of get away with it because we in school, you know, so you could do but so mm-hmm. much, right? And mm-hmm. I, and that, and back then, I had, I remember all my teachers were like. Real uh, rattlesnakes. So I remember Miss Edwards. She was yeah. a killer. <laughs> you couldn't can, can get away with that in her class. Um, the teachers were mean. Oh, yeah. Teachers she was were mean. meaner back then. Yeah, really mm-hmm. mean. She had like a rod stick mm-hmm. and she wrapped it with like that black tape. That's when it was okay to kind of like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Kids. How about every teacher? Every teacher. <laughs> That's another episode. Yeah, mean that, teachers. Mean teachers that, and we're teachers. We're, we're, <laughs> we're teachers. <laughs> but yeah, she was oh a rattlesnake. So I didn't get away with too much in you know in elementary school. But but uh-huh. the neighborhood pressure was real. It was real. Yeah. Yeah, it was real. Wow. It was real. So wow. And then wow. that, that wow. leads you down a road to of always feeling insecure about yourself and making decisions mm-hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise make. And so yeah. that's why I would say I would go back and tell myself it's okay because I, I continue to feel that same pressure even later on, mm-hmm. you know, as I became mm-hmm. more of a teenager. And then, you know, as a teenager, you start, you know, you have your hormones and things are happening. And even yeah. when you're not ready, you still feel the pressure and mm-hmm. then you, it leads you to make, you know, mistakes, things that, you know, you might not have wanted to do. And yeah. so, you know, but to mm-hmm. God be the glory, he's able to turn all things around. However, right. if you could just go back in time, you know, and tell yourself, baby girl, it's all right. You ain't got to succumb mm-hmm. to the pressure, you know. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. half those people are not even going to be where you are anyway. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think, it's, I think it's so important as you talk about the peer pressure, but there has to be somebody on your side along with you saying, girl, don't do it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's easy for us to say of course, because hindsight is twenty twenty. But yeah. back then, no, yeah. we probably felt like we were all alone mm-hmm. in our internal struggle. You know, um, you don't, you personally don't have any sisters. No. Um, neither do I. And Ashonda, do you have sisters? Yes, I have. I have two sisters, an older and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's a really interesting dynamic there because I feel like families where there are older siblings, older sisters, older brothers, you know, they kind of um, help you with, the, the, way, with yeah. the peer pressure, you mm-hmm. know, along the way, you know, uh, someone to say, girl, I know you ain't trying to kiss mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, you know, mm-hmm. he ain't, he ain't, 
he ain't messy, he ain't mm-hmm. nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So and I didn't have he, any of that. I, yeah, I didn't. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't even. Me neither. Really t- I couldn't even talk to my mother because I mean, my mother was a very strict Christian. I mean, her right. her rule was, you know, if you touch a boy, you're gonna get pregnant. You get pregnant, exactly. Right? And that's so, what I thought. You know, you you can't even touch him. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. I touch a boy, mm-hmm. and I got pregnant. And you, right? That's exactly yeah. that's exactly what? what happened, right? And so yeah. I kept thinking to myself, man, how am I gonna now tell her this? The very mm-hmm. thing that she said don't do, then now happens to me, you know. Right, um, right. So right. that's something like because you, really... you you had your you got pregnant at sixteen. Sixteen, right? yeah, I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and so that yeah. pressure kind of went along with me for a really long a long way. So when I think about the first kiss, I'm just thinking like, wow, I was afraid to kiss, right? So I didn't kiss a boy mm-hmm. again after that for a really long time. But then when I did get with somebody, then because again falling into pressure, feeling insecure. Mm-hmm not feeling mm-hmm. confident that when I had anybody mm-hmm. I could really talk to at the time. Um, and then That's I, interesting. Yeah, fell back into the same pressure again. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what's yeah. interesting? How you how you kind of put those experiences together, that what your mom said not to do, you did, and you got into trouble. So it's interesting how, you know, those experiences shape us, mm-hmm. shape our perception of the world, you know, and how we still, although as we get older, we understand better, yeah. Um, we still hold on to that in the back of our mind, you know. So that's that's pretty interesting. Oh wow. That's that's <laughs> kissing the boy. What was his name? You remember his name? The first the first boy, his name The boy, the first kiss. His I think his name is Kevin. I think his name is Kevin, yeah. I think his name is Kevin. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Who knows where he is? I, matter of fact, I'm not dating any more Kevins. <laughs> <laughs> no more Kevins. You know, that, that, Probably took me down with that one, Kevin. <laughs> that is it. It's a it's a rap. Done. All Kevin's a rap. Mm. So that is too funny. Going back to the mm-hmm. theme of love. So, mm-hmm. would you, um, in terms of that kiss, um, and in terms of kind of comparing it, comparing it to other moments in your life, how significant would you say it was? I would say the kiss was significant only in the fact that. I didn't, one, I didn't really understand what love was at the time. If anything, we could say it was puppy dog love, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I thought it was cute and I really just, I just liked him, right? Um, mm-hmm. But how it, how it shaped me later on was the thing. Because of that first moment of feeling insecure, that mm-hmm. insecurity kind of traveled with me later on throughout my journey mm-hmm. in, in love. Mm-hmm. Right. And so always mm-hmm. feeling like I have to be more so somebody else can be less or I have mm-hmm. to do a little bit more, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. that insecurity even followed me within being married. Right. Because I was married for many years. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So um, there was always this feeling of insecurity. So and it started from that first kiss, from me not mm. feeling secure about myself and feeling confident that I can make a decision and stand on my own versus caring mm. about the other person's feelings or what they want or the desires of others, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I kind of fell into that pleasing mode. You know, I have to please this mm. person. Now I don't mm-hmm. feel that way as a, you know, uh, as I've come into my own self now and I feel mm-hmm. like I've, I've grown a lot. Um, now my idea of love is very different, right? I know how to mm-hmm. love in a, in a deeper way, but at the time that definitely mm-hmm. carried me through making poor decisions love wise. You know, yeah, that's interesting. 
I think that's really interesting. One thing I, I I must say and share is that I think what you just said is a common theme for a lot of women, because immediately I can um, I can see myself in what you're saying as well. Because again, mm-hmm. the naive naivete and the infancy of love and knowing what you want and having struggling with peer pressure, it can actually cast a shadow on your love journey in life. And until Mm -hmm. you're more comfortable with yourself, that's when you're able to say, well, no, I won't accept that. Or no, I won't tolerate that. Or no, that's not good Mm -hmm. for me. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a powerful statement, what you said, Donna, because I think that that's what a lot of women go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then too, at the same time, Ashonda, what are the messages that she's receiving from home? Like we all, like we all have our family background so before even the peer pressure and the hormones began we had our own and had to have our own um idea of love and interpretation of love based on what we saw our parents do uh whether you were in a single parent home or two parent home or a dysfunctional home you know whatever your home life was or is um it also shaped what peer pressure meant and how that pressure uh, shaped your insecurity or added on to your okay. insecurity, you know. So I think, and, and that's even more powerful mm-hmm. um, as I, the theme that I hear what Donna saying is the word insecure, mm-hmm. you know, feeling insecure, even going into the kiss, the, the date, the yeah. you know, being with this guy, Kevin, you know, so. And it also it brought, just, it brought, it also brought shame. Because my parents mm-hmm. were married, right? So my parents were married. Um, I saw love. I, it wasn't as though I didn't see a loving relationship. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, I think if I'm correct, on my block, my parents might have been maybe one of five or six married families, you know, couples mm-hmm. that were on the block that were actually married. Most of my friends, their father wasn't there or their mother wasn't there. And when I would tell people, I remember I was in school one day and the teacher was asking me about my father or something. I had to write a letter about my father. Or I just mm-hmm. write a letter about family, right? And so I wrote about my father, and she was like, "You live with your father," and which I thought was the strangest thing for a grown up to say to a child. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. like, "Of course I live with my father. Who else would I live with?" <laughs> right? You right. know. Um, but to right. me, that was normal. My father's supposed to be there. Why would he not be there? Right? Um, mm. But then it comes. But then shame comes along with that when you now have a good example, and now you make this terrible mistake. I think mm. what in the future. If I had a daughter, but I mean, I've told my son this, when you have children, I feel like it's a good way of explaining to them about shame, fear, um, making choices that might not always turn out the best, but always Mm -hmm. having an open dialogue, being able to come to me, being able to talk to me about anything, no matter what it is, I'm the one who can help you, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and not being, Mm -hmm. not having that fear that now your parents are going to put you out in the street because my parents never did that to me. Yeah, they never did that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of fear and shame. And when we have fear and shame, we hold on to those things and we don't tell and mm-hmm. we don't express. And so mm-hmm. um, it's nice for young women to have an outlet, a place where they can feel safe and be able to share some of those experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm feeling like this podcast is going to be excellent because it gives uh, even young women uh, and a place mm-hmm. to come and listen to others' experiences and say, wow, I felt like that or, you know. Um, I feel like that now, and I don't mm-hmm. have to carry shame with me, you know, throughout my loving journey. 
Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wrote down, uh, just what I'm hearing while you're speaking, is the need to educate and educate on the language. We want to get into love languages at another time, but just the emotions that are accompanied with love. You know, you talked about shame, you talked about insecurity. And I think when we have these conversations with our children, with our teens, and with, you know, our young adults, that, you know, when you when when shame comes on you, you don't understand shame at that time. You don't understand those feelings. But when you explain, and as teachers, when we teach that you're going to feel this before they feel it, then you're aware and you're, you know, you're armed um, with knowledge so that when it does happen, that you'll know how to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think moving forward, that's just so key uh, because I feel like young people now are, uh, um, they are exposed, sometimes overly exposed mm-hmm. to a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, um, and their, you know, their hormones are are, and are acted, enacted upon very early, um, and they they're faced with a lot of uh, making decisions that they shouldn't have to. Um, so that and that that kind of goes on to other subjects, but we want to stay on love and Ashonda. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know we can go on and on, but um, your first. Tell me about your lovely first. Yeah, well, before I go into that, I just have to also say, adding on to what you said, is that what people and young people will learn from this as well, in addition to education, is that how normal it is to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. knowing it's normal, then there's less shame. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. My first kissed so I must set the stage so I am one of six kids <laughs> and um my older siblings went away to boarding school and I wanted to mm. be like them so I come from a family we would call ourselves the black Brady bunch so it was three girls three boys and mm. um but all from my mother and father and um so my older siblings went away to boarding school and going there loving these beautiful college campuses where they went to school and all of this privilege i wanted to do that so you know i told my mother i mm-hmm. i want to go i want to go so from the age of <clears throat> uh 11 years old every summer I went to a boarding school, summer school program in Massachusetts. Mm. So it was my second summer there. So I was 12 years old and Mm. um, I liked this guy. Oh boy, did I like him. He was from Mm. North Carolina. So he had an accent and coming from New York, we don't hear that accent. So I just thought it was so like romanticized and just, (laughs) I just thought it was like, just that that country draw. Yes. 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 I love me a, country dude I love a country guy yeah it was so different (laughs) from New York and just meeting Mm -hmm. other people and I say prior to that I had basically no romantic life whatsoever again I was um you know in your adolescence and your preteen you have the acne and you have the issues with self-image and Mm -hmm. wanting to fit in and I think all I learned from love and romance was my parents and uh, Judy Bloom. Of course. Oh, I love Judy. <laughs> love Judy Bloom. <laughs> what? She's my favorite. 
Oh my God. And then of course, you know, you would read the books and the, and then you would always like kind of mark the pages that had something love in it. And then you mm-hmm. and your girlfriends would like read it and oh my God. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 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 So I really didn't know anything. And so here I am in summer school. And of course, very, you know, typical of my family is if one person finds out about a good educational program, everyone is on the journey. So at that summer school was my brother, my cousin, and my male cousin, and then two female cousins. So I had basically a family there. And so again, Mm. my father was very strict in terms of don't do anything to embarrass the family. I should never have to come up there because if I come up there, then that means there's a problem. So you know, mm. you're just trying to be good. And this guy liked me, the Southern North Carolina guy, Adrian mm. was his name. And um, they told me that he wanted to kiss me. And I had never mm. kissed anyone. And I was so nervous. And I was like, why me? Oh, my gosh. And they were like, <laughs> After study hall. So every day, um, because we were actually in school, we had homework. Mm-hmm. And so we had study hall from eight to 10. And the dorm closed at 10.30. So at 10 o'clock, people would run and go get pizza because we could order pizza back then or you could talk on the payphone. I mean, I know I'm mm-hmm. dating myself, but that's how it mm-hmm. was. Yes, no worries, yes. <laughs> I'm just kind of setting the, the, the picture. So mm-hmm. they call me downstairs. They're like, Adrian wants to see you. So I'm like, I finished study hall. I finished all my homework. I had to read like 100 pages of Shakespeare. I did that. I'm like going down there. And I'm like so nervous. Um, I really just want to go in my room and put my curlers in my hair and get ready for the next mm-hmm. day. Right. And right. I walk down there and there he goes. And um, he just like went in there full steam. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you run? Because I didn't know what to do. And it was like his lips and my lips. And I was like, oh "Ah!" man, that's too funny. Mm. That's too cute. That is too cute. I totally ran away. Um, My cousin was just like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing. I just, (laughs) I didn't know what to do. And no matter how many romance novels I read, no one described what you do, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. My tongue, my lips, my anything. So, right. um, yeah, so I ran away. So that was my first kiss. <laughs> um, well, did you revisit? Did you go back and get it get it together and, yeah, we, and kiss we, the man right? Yeah, yeah, we did for the rest of the summer until summer school's <laughs> over. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Oh, she perfected <laughs> that game. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. But, I mean, it was such, you know, I think – it's such uh, an experience of unknown. And I think that's what we all do. We all fear the unknown. Yeah. It's new to us. And we all want to be great at it because we think we mm-hmm. should be immediately. Like, again, yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. There's always tears to learning. And I think, you know, what I think we unifiedly want people to know is that it's normal to be scared mm-hmm. and afraid. Yeah. And, you know, self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all yeah. normal traits that every human has. And no one yeah. is alone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I always laugh because I ran. I mean, I just ran away. But- <laughs> That's too cute. Are you, do you, um, what did your relationship, uh, did it morph into anything after that? Or, you know, I know you were away. And no. when you had this experience, did you take this experience back home? Like, what it, how did it? No, I never saw him again. Um, you know, I think that sounds like Greece. That sounds like yes. Greece. Hello, yeah. summer loving. 
happened so fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was just that that was like my experience for the summer. Like it was my memory. It was a good memory. Mm. Um, and, you know, so I remember that summer being up at summer school because of that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that my response was my response. I don't think, I mean, it's very typical of how I am. Because mm-hmm. certainly when I'm surprised, um, but you know, I think uh, I thought for me it was just very cute, you know. Yeah. As I reflect yeah. back on it, I'm like, wow, look at myself, you know. I totally ran, you know, wow. <laughs> fight or flight, and I was oh, like, yeah. I was out of there, you know. That is too funny. So did it did it shape you, or did it have bear any significance in how you treat or how you approach? Uh, relationships. Um, I think after him, from... I only dated one other guy from the South. I dated another guy from Alabama, but that was it. I don't think I was so kind of intrigued with people from the South or who had an accent. Um, mm-hmm. I think it shaped me just having a normal, like, teenage, you know, um, experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Think, I think it was fun. I mean, it certainly always be always feels good to be liked and so yeah. someone choosing yeah. you and being selected That's um it. Mm-hmm. so i i like that um yeah you yeah. know i think um, i love the nuance i love the nuance of it and the innocence i love yeah. how what your you know your story just speaks on the innocence of it's, it sounds like a lifetime movie you know what i mean <laughs> it just it sounds like loving basketball type you know just the way you express it and explain it and the nuances of the beginnings of love feelings to someone other than your parents and your family, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I appreciate that. That's, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Wow. You know, of course I had my brother who was there and my cousins who were at the same um, summer school with me, mm-hmm. of course they were mean mugging him. The rest of the, you know, the rest of, the <laughs> of course, let them know that they see him. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a big difference, you know. Yeah. Having, you know, other siblings or family yeah. members to to watch over you and support you, you know, and just as like we were saying back to Adonis. Um, you know, what we were talking about before, you know, when you have someone older to help you, um, it helps normalize the feelings that we were talking about. It helps to, you know, it helps lessen the pressure Mm -hmm. because you know that there's someone there to um, make sure that nothing is going to go awry. You know, you're always protected, Mm -hmm. you know, that's beautiful. And someone to catch you when you fall. You know, yeah. and, and someone to catch you when you fall. How awesome is that, man? I, I always wished I had. Well, I do have an older sibling. We didn't grow up together, but um, I always wish I um, grew up with an, another sibling. I am mm-hmm. um, I'm my mom and dad's only child, so I grew up as an only child, um, always surrounded by tons of uncles and aunts and nieces, and both of my parents. Uh, um, they both come from huge families. It's eight to nine, ten in, on each side. So I have abundance of cousins and so forth and so on. So I was never alone. I've always surrounded by people, got sisters and brothers and things like that. But um, it's nothing like having 
someone in the house with is you. in the house with you to mm-hmm. fight over that last bit of cereal to you know what I mean a sister to fight over those stockings and who's wearing my jeans and things like that so <laughs> you know that's another nuance of love that uh, we absolutely need to explore like family love you know um, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna we're gonna you know wrap it up by I'm gonna speak about um, first dance. And I think this is, is, it was interesting first dance because um, I'm actually living in the neighborhood where I grew up during that time. And, um, you know, the neighborhood has always been really close. Um, Everyone knows everyone, you know, everyone walked their child to school. So you knew the families, you knew the teachers. And during that time, back in the seventies, um, you know, we all watched out for one another. You know, it was during that time when, you know, some neighbor had a key to your home just in case, God forbid, something happened. And, you know, so it was that it was that type of um, security and safety that we had amongst each other. So going into the school system here, we had moved from out in Crown Heights area of Brooklyn, where we lived in an apartment building. So it was a very different experience coming to a more the private home, uh, different type of neighborhood. So coming into the schools where most of the teachers were white, um, I had to kind of settle myself. And I'm saying that because I felt that and I still feel like I'm more of a rebel. You know, if somebody say, don't do it, LaShawn going to try you're going to push the envelope, you know, and I've always <laughs> been that type of person. So when um, the, one of the neighbors or one of the girls in the class, she was having a dance in her basement and she lived across the street from the school and she was having a dance and her, she was having a birthday party or whatever. And it was the first time one of the classmates had something at their home. Like most times if they, people had parties, they would just kind of do a little something at the school, la, 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 la. But this particular um, a friend, she was having a birthday party in her house. And I didn't know it was going to be in the basement, but, you know, I was really excited because I came to the neighborhood and I started the school around third grade. So this was probably around fifth grade. And prior to that, I had experienced some bullying. So when we got to fifth grade and that bully situation kind of like dissipated, you know, I just kind of felt like I kind of settled into my own. Um, So the idea of being chosen was really key here. And Mm -hmm. um, this particular student, and no one else that I've known of even afterwards had a party in their home. So this was like the basement party. Who's going to the party? Were you invited to the party kind of thing? So I took, you know, I asked, asked my parents. Of course, they were a little apprehensive, but they let me go. And I remember, you know, just making a big deal out of what I was going to wear. And I think, you know, my uh, body parts were starting to you know, take bud and breast and this, that, and the third. And I was becoming a bit more aware um, of who I am and what I had and da-da-da-da-da. But nevertheless, so going into, there was this one boy, his name was Anthony, and he, dark-skinned guy, just real cute. And um, prior to the party, he didn't really give me that much, you know, he didn't really give me the time of day, but 
you know, at some point leading up to the party, he and I kind of had a conversation. So I knew he was going to be there. So we got to the party and the party was in the basement. And at some point they had turned the lights out at this party. And this, <laughs> oh, that's not a good sign. When the lights go out. And the lights were that's about not a good sign. <laughs> at good some sign. point in the party. Sounds like a hooky party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you, you know what a hooky party y'all know, is, you gotta be like, in Brooklyn. The hickey. You gotta be a hickey. It was about to be a hickey party. Okay. This sounds sounds bad. So it's about to go down. Okay. So once the lights went off, um, it's it's so funny. Him and I just kind of found each other and found a wall somewhere, and the dancing it turned into some kind of grind action. And I don't, you know, I want to keep this PG. I want to keep this PG. But all, but listen, all in the back of my head was, oh, snap. Oh, snap. I like this boy. Oh, snap. We're dancing. Oh, snap. You know, and I don't know where the butterflies were happening. It was like butterflies happening in my head the fact that I was being that I was chosen and um like I said being more I, I was more of a rebel at the time and just feeling good about the fact that I was first given permission to go to this party and um I had gotten over some bullying issue which I felt good about and just coming into my own so the fact that this boy um had interest in me I felt um a a level of acceptance, you know, and I think that was the beginning of uh, feeling acceptance from the opposite sex Mm -hmm. because I didn't Mm -hmm. have brothers or anything like that to say, Hey, you're beautiful. Hey, Mm -hmm. you're pretty or whatever the case may be. And me being a dark skinned woman um, at the time in the seventies, the, you know, dark skin wasn't in, you know, quote, quote, dark skin really wasn't in. And and I think the connotations for dark skin was ugly. So being that this was a brown skin brother and I'm a brown skin girl and we kind of got together, you know, it just, it just like the lightning, the lightning bolts kind of went off. Then I just felt a level of acceptance that I hadn't experienced before. Um, And I just think that that's so key because, you know, a lot of our uh, teens I think it may have been around a 10 or 11 at the time you know mm-hmm. we feel a lot of shame um with our, our complexion um the way we look the way mm-hmm. we dress you know mm-hmm. and when we had first moved over in this area we didn't have a lot because my parents pretty much scraped and scrounged to get the house that we that we had so I remember wearing my my, my aunt's old shoes and my aunt's old clothes and things like that so we didn't really have a lot so you know just the fact that this boy liked me you know it was like this badge of honor that I felt you know um and it was the beginning of the exploration of acceptance mm-hmm. you know accepting who I am you know accepting being a brown-skinned young girl accepting the fact that you know I'm not like I wasn't like some of the others but I am who I am and um, I was proud. So what happened afterwards, girl? Because <laughs> that's what we really want to know. What happened afterwards? Was it really, girl? Wait, wait. And where were the parents? Girl, where the listen, listen, listen. What's happening? 
What is happening in Brooklyn in the eighties with no parents around? Yo, listen. Her name was Michaela. Yo, Michaela's parent. Her Michaela's dad was the coolest pop on the earth. You hear what I'm saying? So I guess she must have had faith. He must have had faith in Michaela that it wasn't gonna go down. But honey, it went down in. <laughs> It went down in the basement. In the, in the basement. It went down in the basement. You know, I, I, there wasn't any, there wasn't any hickey. You know, it wasn't any uh, um, sucking necks and things like that. It wasn't none of that business. But there was a lot of gyration. It was a lot of grinding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot of grinding. Gyration. It was some gyrations. <laughs> there was a lot of gyration happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was the beginning of uh, those, you know, those hormones being enacted, you know, you know, getting those hormones like, oh, snap, like I'm feeling something here. Like this, is this normal? Like, am I supposed to feel a little warm and fuzzy with this thing here? <laughs> um, yeah, but afterwards, afterwards, I think he kind of, um, because he did have a girlfriend. The girlfriend wasn't at the party. So he he did have a girlfriend. And I think afterwards, he kind of gave me the look like, we not going to talk about this at, we not going to talk about this. This was just at the party. <laughs> understand. One time, one time, one time deal. This is a one hit. What this was a one hit wonder. Just understand <laughs> that, you know, we was at the party and we were doing party behaviors. So afterwards we just kind of like glazed it over. We never really talked about it, but we kind of, kind of, you know, gave each other the look like that party. Right. That party, right? <laughs> like me, you, that party, right? Yeah. Um, but you know what I do take away from it is um the the idea of acceptance and the falsehoods that comes from what you think, you know, what your body feels and what your the the uh the message that happens is happening in your brain. You know, and sometimes, you know, we, we, um, we, we kind of attach meaning to meaningless behaviors, you know, and I think that's the, that's probably the beginning of, uh, like we had mentioned before, you know, like making some really poor decisions Yeah. because one of the things that, that, um, came to me was, Hey, this is what my body can do. You know, when my body can do this and make my body feel these things that I want to feel this again, you know, this was a good feeling. And, you know, although I, it wasn't, wasn't the best thing to do, but that was the beginning of false love, you know, feelings attached to behaviors that you're not ready for. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the messages that I, that I took from that. And, um, it wasn't until of course, years later that you understand that it's, these things are all in your head. You know, you have Mm. to get the butterflies out your head and really kind of come to grips with what you're doing. And is it a, is it popular? Yeah, it's popular, but there's nothing to come of it because it's, you know, it's all lost in the wind. You know, you, you attach meaning to it, but it means nothing if the brother doesn't recognize you. He doesn't, you know, acknowledge you afterwards. He doesn't really, there's no relationship there. You know, it was mm-hmm. just an action, no relationship, you know? Yeah. 
So yeah, so shame, and of course, I think my my mom and dad had to come and get me from the party because I stayed longer than I was supposed to. So oh no, oh no, yeah. <laughs> tell us about that. How yeah, did you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were like, Sean, are you down here? You are you are you? Your, your dad is here to come get you from this party. Your dad is here. So <laughs> party, party done. Party yes, done. party, party, <laughs> party done, party done. So yeah, so the idea of being chosen and uh, acceptance is something that I took from it. But then also poor decision making as well, based on emotion. Poor decision making based on emotion. But um, but it was interesting. It was an interesting, um, interesting experience. <laughs> Um, but yes, but nevertheless, I, I appreciate our stories and I, I appreciate um, what love firsts, lovely firsts, we, um, we expressed because I think moving forward, it, it, did, it does help to shape the person that we become. Um, yeah. And the, what we attach to the meaning of love, you know, our symbolisms of love, you know. Well, what's interesting too is that it all—it always changes. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing that people can a good takeaway is that mm-hmm. it never stays the same, right? Mm-hmm. And so, how you once were, what you once thought about love, as you grow and evolve, it all—it mm-hmm. always changes. You know, it does. so yeah, yeah, you gain new uh, perspective on love, new understanding mm-hmm. about love. Mm-hmm. You can start to not only love others in a deeper way, but love yourself in yeah. a deeper way, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it, interesting. It's, it's the growth and development of oneself and kind of understanding oneself that enables you to learn from your experiences and kind of look forward on your journey. And so mm-hmm. I think this reflection is very powerful because we had mm-hmm. three different stories about, about our first. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all can relate to each other's stories. Because this is what the commonality of us as women or as humans, we're on this life's Mm -hmm. journey. So as different as we may be or in different places that we may be, we kind of have those similarities that kind of bond us together. Yeah. 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 It really does. And I feel empowered. I feel empowered about in, in this, the ability to share, you know, I think sharing has within it a way of helping us to transform ourselves um, you know, we build because we're able to share and connect with others, you know, and having these in-depth conversations, it helps and adds to our wellness. You know, I feel full, you know, and, and I think as our cup gets full, we're able to, to give to others and accept others for what they bring to the table without judgment, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and I draw from that well each and every day, um, and I think we're going to get, I do hear an echo. So I think at some point they're going to cut us off here. So um, I'd like for us to wrap up. Any last, any last words, ladies? I know you kind of did wrap up, but anything in particular? No. No, I think for me, um, as a last thought, uh, when I think about first I think it's always nice to to look back on your first, mm-hmm. uh, to have those memories because it's good to have memories, whether the memory was 
so good or not so so good right mm-hmm. um it's always good to have those memories to look back on but it's even better to be able to look back reflect and then look towards your future mm-hmm. to know that you can create brand new memories <laughs> yeah yeah and i'll just add to that is um as you look back and reflect try to smile and try to see the good in the experience or what mm-hmm. the life lessons Excuse me. that you mm-hmm. learned so smiling and understanding the joy of being able to just have the ability to reflect and to have had that experience mm-hmm. and see how it just helps you as you look forward to the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, ladies. I, I, I think that's awesome. And my last word is just balance. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. going to add that last word, balance. Balance is key. A reflection. Um, thank you ladies so much. I appreciate you, um, for lovely firsts, the beginning. And, uh, I will speak to you all soon. Thank you for adding your level of, of, thank you just for being here and for showing up and for giving of yourself to, um, to this project and to this venture, you know, being forthcoming and being open and being transparent. I appreciate you. All righty. Well, I'm going to end. Thank you again. Okay, thank you. All right, all right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.